It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on into the 61st, a.k.a. the Stefan Wisniewski. Episode of the Counterpoint Podcast brought to you by the Go Birds Pod or the GV's Pod, like we call it on the Counterpoint Podcast. I am Jack Fritz. Follow me on Twitter at JackFritzWIP if you so please. If not, listen, if you don't follow me on Twitter, it's fine. But if you're in the trust tree, you'd think you'd follow the the root of the trust tree. Um, also, I understand why some people don't. I tweet a lot about the Phillies. Um, it's also the single most important offseason in, in team history, I think. So if you're looking for Phillies tweets... And breakdowns on game day, my Twitter is one to follow. So it has been a uh, it's been a depressing week here um, in in Eagles land. Carson hurt again. We'll get to that in a second. Um, the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, which is always horrible, and they're going to win the division. And it was it was a tough one on Sunday. Sunday was a was a screaming game. It was a it was a yelled top of your lungs game. Very very frustrating stuff. So. Um, I don't really want to talk about Sunday too much because it's over and you know, we, we don't really want to harp on all the negative stuff, even though everything around the Eagles right now feels like a little bit negative. So um, on today's rundown, well, we have Jack's rundown. we got to go into the trust tree um, because I have to do something that may be the only thing that can save the Eagles this season. I will get to that in a little bit and also, of course, the counterpoint mailbag. So uh, Jack's rundown. I don't want to really rehash the Cowboys game. It was miserable. Uh, the refs were bullshit. Um, they are all banned um, for the podcast. <laughs> to the, one of the, I don't know who I I don't know who's more banned. I got to ban two people this week. I got two groups of people this week. I don't know. 
I don't know which one is more banned because they're both so fucking banned that they can't even listen to this podcast. That's how banned they are. Like the the refs, if they want to listen to the podcast, they're physically not allowed to. I went into their phones and made sure they'd never heard of this podcast in their life. And also the the Eagles medical team. Um, I don't know who. Again, I don't know who's more banned, but both are are very much banned. The refs on on Sunday were a, a, a total shit show. First off, to to, to not say that. You have no idea who had the ball was was ridiculous. The Dallas Goddard play was ridiculous. Um, it, it compl- like, if people say like, they scored on the Dallas Goddard thing anyway. Listen, it, it also changed momentum. It changed clock management styles. It, it, was, it was a game changer. It was a total. It was a total game changer. There's no other way to put the Dallas Goddard. Thing. Dallas Goddard uh, uh, phantom call was almost more egregious than than the Eagles not having the ball in the first in the first play of the game. And that's saying something because the first play of the game was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my entire life, and the, the Goddard pick almost, the Goddard play almost overshadowed that. So, just an outwardly atrocious game on Sunday. And Merrill said it best. I mean, if you if you haven't heard Merrill's call of the opening play, it, it sums everything up. It's just like thirty seconds of him going, "What? What?" Fantastic! It's it's all you need. It was every single Eagles fan. It was, I was I was at the Go Birds thing in in Mayfair, and I had to drive home from that. And I was I was debating: do I do I just wait to get home, record it, and watch it then, or do I just listen to it on the radio, miss the first half or miss the first quarter, and then be good to go? I decided to listen to it on the radio because I just don't, I don't like being behind. I want to react with people. I want to interact with people. I want to be able to to communicate. I, I think I made the right decision. Um, so it was I was listening in the car with Merrill, and Merrill was just having a meltdown, and it was amazing because I too was having a meltdown, even though I didn't see the play. <laughs> I didn't see the play, but I had my own meltdown. That's that's how this works. Being a disease Eagles fan, I'm sorry, I can't help it. Um, but yeah, the the refs were atrocious, and now now we get to the the Eagles medical staff because they are they are also banned. Um, they are if anyone that 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 risks or puts anyone that risks my franchise quarterback's livelihood, greatness, all that fun stuff, automatically gets banned from the podcast. So uh, the Eagles medical staff is all banned. They are they are jeopardizing my franchise quarterback, which I fundamentally do not stand for. And if they continue down this path. There may have to be more actions than 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 just banning from a podcast. Firing would be a good place to start, but obviously I cannot have that call. I can just complain about it on my podcast. So, Eagles, Howie, Joe, Jeff, I know you all listen. Do something about the Eagles medical staff. There's been too many injuries. There's been too many weird injuries. Too many misdiagnoses. Um. And you're messing with the franchise quarterback, so I, I just I just get it out there, just get it out there, figure out your shit, make sure they're actual doctors. Not sure you guys hired actual doctors, because they can't seem to figure it out, and everything will be forgiven. So that's where we're at. But we need to talk about Carson because Carson's hurt again, and you know instead of getting super sad. And and I don't want to do the podcast like I did after the Rams game last year, where it was uh, it was a, a meltdown and there was tears shed and it felt like we would never win the Super Bowl ever again or never again. We would never win a Super Bowl. 
after Carson went down last year in Los Angeles. And, and honestly, I feel bad for Carson because I think Carson was looking forward to, to going back to Los Angeles, the scene of the crime, and, and revenge or having a revenge against that Rams team. I just think that's what he was looking forward to. I think he had the game circled. Uh, it, it had been an, a full year since he tore his ACL um, and, and MCL and, and his IT band. And honestly, I feel bad for, for, for Carson. I, I love Carson. He is still the franchise quarterback. I've, I have loved every single stat that has come out um, that, has, that has put him up in the upper echelon coming off of a torn ACL. Like, for him to be putting up the numbers he has coming off of all, everything he went through, uh, it's, it's impressive. And anyone that has given up on Carson Wentz, please stop listening to this podcast because I will never give up on Carson Wentz. Stop listening to the podcast. I don't want you to listen to my podcast. You are banned. If you, listen, another ban. I got to ban a lot of people this week. If you have ever given up on Carson Wentz, if you have even thought for a second that he is not a good quarterback or Nick Foles is better than him or you'd rather have Nick Foles than Carson Wentz, please don't listen to this podcast because, frankly, I don't want you anywhere. You are not allowed in the trust tree. I don't want you in the trust tree. The trust tree does not respect people who disrespect Carson. Does that count, Joe Giglio? I don't know. We will let the trust tree decide. If that counts, Joe Giglio. But we do have to talk about Carson because everyone thinks everyone thinks he he hurt himself, you know, playing quarterback. And I just want to come out and say that that is complete bullshit. Um, Carson Wentz is a, is a recently married man. We know how these kind of things work. It's no coincidence that Carson Wentz all of a sudden threw out his back after he got married. So, you know, everyone's all down in the dumps, like, oh, he's getting hit too much. He's, they got to re, uh, retool the offensive line. He can't handle all the, everyone hitting him. Everyone calm down for a second. Carson Wentz threw out his back getting laid. I, 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 don't, know the, I don't know the way to put it. So first off, congrats on the sex, Carson. I am not worried long term about Carson Wentz because we all know, we all know how this went down. We all know how this went down. And honestly, you know, the positive spin on this is that everyone's freaking out. You know, he's 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 getting soft. You know, the the marriage has changed him. This injury teaches me one thing: it's that marriage has not changed Carson Wentz. The aggression is still there. The getting the getting after itness is still there. And, and and frankly, him him getting out getting this out of the way early is fine. He got it out of the way early. Got it out of the way early in his career. Listen, he was a virgin, all right, before he got married. Like, let's be frank about this, right? We're on the trust tree. He was a, he was a virgin before he got married. Then he gets married. One time through. Wants to do it more. Throws out his back. That's the direct progression that we're at. First, it was getting agape tattooed on him. <laughs> Which, that was the first question mark. Uh, once you put agape on your on your on your hand, eh, that's a that's a bad look, buddy. Anyway, got agape, got married in like a. I swear he was dating for his girlfriend for like a month. I mean Carson was all in. He was all in from day one. And that's how. Listen, if I'm gonna have my quarterback be one thing, it's all in. So him getting married very quickly after starting to date someone, fine by me. I, it took me nine years. Made me and Carson a little bit different. Uh, it took me nine years to decide to get married. It took Carson, I don't know, maybe a month. Because Carson is committed, Carson is, is fast acting, and he was really excited. Carson wants his hurt right now because he got really excited. I don't know. I don't know other way to put it. I don't know what other way you want me to put it. So I am encouraged now more than I ever been in Carson Wentz because he's getting this out of the way early. 
early in his career, he did not, now unfortunately, did not abide by the 48-hour rule. You know, clearly he did not abide by the 48-hour rule because uh, his body was broken down and he, he wasn't able to, to, to complete the task on Sunday. And I think this will be a good thing for Carson because he will be able to uh, go into next year and he, he's going to be able to say, hey, man, you know, hey, wife, 48-hour rule. 48-hour rule, I can't be risking myself on Sunday. Um, and he's going he's gonna to be fine. He's going to be fine. I know we were all worried about heading into the season that getting laid was going to was gonna get in, in his head and it was going to cause him to, to be a bad quarterback. And as we saw this year, the only thing that held back Carson Wentz this year was the back and the knee. By this time next year, he's going to be perfectly fine. He's going to be back to putting up, well, he's already putting up great numbers again, but now he's going to be putting up even better numbers while his head's completely clear. His knee is back to being 100%. His back's going to be completely fine. Like, you know, for a lot of people, we're worried about how, where, like, where his play would be. Listen, if this has taught me one thing, is that the aggression is still there, and he's going to get the job done. Like, Carson is going to get the job done. So, um, he's learning from his mistakes. He's learning from his mistakes, and, and he's, this is ultimately going to make, make things better for Carson. And now, um, I would like to also talk to a, a resident expert in dealing with thrown out backs. We're going to bring on Mr. John Barger. Now, I am here with resident throwing out his back expert, uh, John Barchard. John, you too recently have moved in with said lady friend who we have not uh, described as a fraud or not, or if it's made you less of a man. But um, did you hurt your back the same way that Carson Wentz hurt his back? Uh, I mean, it's practically the same. I mean, I sneeze in the shower. So that's basically like getting beat with a lineman or defensive lineman for three weeks, four weeks straight, whatever this ends up being. And then, yeah, I mean, that's basically the same thing. Plus, plus, I still had to move on a, on a, on a back that just was not working properly and push through it, just like Carson Wentz. So basically, we're the same person. Wow, so, that's how I you, it. so you are tougher than Carson Wentz. I would have to say yes, because I didn't quit. I didn't, I didn't call out of work. I didn't cancel the movers. I just popped pain pills like you're supposed to do as a man. <laughs> and you just fight through it. So I'm wow. tougher than Carson Wentz. They wow. heard it here first. So Carson Wentz is a quitter, according to John Barchard. Yeah. He's that, a quitter. That is ridiculous. But what what you cease to not totally understand here, uh, John, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this out very clearly, is that Carson Wentz did not hurt his back playing football. We all know why Carson Wentz hurt his back. And he's recently married. He's never he's never gotten laid before. He's very excited. <laughs> And he threw out his back, having sex. There's no, other, now, there was no other way to put it. I know you're trying to say, "Oh, I sneeze in the shower." This is the trust right. tree. Did you and Carson both hurt hurt yourselves the same way? No, but I, I mean, like, I, I mean, coitus was happening uh, after the back went out too. So I mean, I even pushed those limits as well. Wow. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what to tell Carson other than just. Throw some fucking icy hot on it and let's go. That's, yeah, that's all. That's all this really is. Yeah, it's more it. importantly, more importantly, my question to you is: Okay, uh, what position were they in when he threw out his back? Uh, I I don't even want to speculate. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to speculate on any of of said positions. Uh, right. But we we know. I mean, Carson's like they're trying to play it off that that he got hurt in the game, and I think everyone knows deep down inside that that's not true. Um, Carson Wentz got hurt, 
as a as a recently married man, he is he he's getting after it. And you know, honestly, people, you know, people are negative about this, and they're they're you know saying they're worried about his career and stuff. I think this is positive. Um, it shows it shows the aggression is still there, uh, still wants to win, still has a will to be great. And honestly, I think I think he's learning from his mistake. Like he's obviously going to have marital affairs as he as he continues going on as a quarterback, and he's going to have to play through these things. He learned early in his career that you, you can't go, you can't be too aggressive, Carson. Yeah, can't be too aggressive. Go with the checkdown. Uh, you know, Sam, Sam Bradford strategy. That's what yes. that's what we're looking uh, for on Carson. and off the field. You know, yeah. I'm sure. And you know. and we talked about in the podcast. Listen, a 48 hour rule. Like you, you have to institute that. You cannot. Your your body can't already be broken down heading into a game. It just leaves you vulnerable. I mean, just listen to G Cop. Right. I mean, he's, he he said that a while ago. So, G- and that was for the whole team, but mainly it was just for Carson. G Cobb, G Cobb is a visionary, and, and so are you, John Barcher. John, uh, as a resident back back expert, you two throw out your back. Um, is there anything that that Carson should be doing? I know you, I know you two are both battling the same kind of injury. I, I've um. There's this new thing, um, a tequila. Ah. It just, you know, you just put a little lime in it and you're good. Like, I think that's kind of, uh, there, um, maybe possibly, I don't know if he's into it, but it is very, you know, fruit of the earth, maybe a little THC oil. Okay. You rub that bad boy down and you're good to go. I've heard of many things. Um, but again, Motrin has been the best thing for me. So, but whatever Carson needs, I'll support him in doing Okay, so so we'll forward this directly to Carson. Uh, tequila and painkillers—it sounds like a really healthy combination. Uh, John, I do want to make sure you're doing okay. Um, yes. I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> yes, you sound like you're great. Hope you're not driving. Um, no, Vince Quinn's driving, so we're good. Uh, honestly, I think I'd rather have you driving. I think I think you <laughs> popped up on painkillers and 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 tequila is probably a better driver than Vince Quinn. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't disagree with that. Maybe we'll. Take that challenge is I'm gonna help Vince <laughs> pull off the turnpike and show him a thing or two. Okay, hold on. Uh, but seriously, is Vince is Vince a good driver? Are you are you nervous? <laughs> no, it doesn't. What was that, Jack? I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to know if Vince is a good driver. Oh, no, he actually is a superb driver. Wow. To be honest with you, I was actually complimenting his Impala because I enjoy the Impalas. I, you know, I I like the Impalas as well. I I really do. Um, now that I, I'm shocked that Vince is a good driver because Vince is typically all over the place, and <laughs> I would think he would take that to the behind the wheel. But I'm I'm glad you're you're both doing okay. Yeah, focus with the GPS, some uh, some old school tunes, and we're good to go. All right, John. Uh, you you rest up your back. Um, thank you for providing. Uh, expert analysis on how Carson can get healthy again. You got it, buddy. Thanks, Jack. See ya. Now, uh, we have to go into the trust tree. Uh, this is a big trust tree kind of moment right here. Uh, so, if you remember this podcast during the run last year or right after Carson got hurt, around this time last year, I was pretty in the dumps. I was, I didn't want to talk to anyone, just didn't want to talk to any family members, didn't want to go on Twitter. It was, it was a very dark time uh, for me and, and whatever because Carson was hurt and I thought the Eagles would never win the Super Bowl. I, I, once he went down, I thought they were never going to win the Super Bowl. So I was getting really, really frustrated with people calling in, saying, or people calling in tweeting, sending stuff in the mailbag about how Nick Foles, like, he's got this. And I would just get angrier and angrier and angrier about, listen, Nick Foles stinks. He can't get the job done. Like, he's just not a good quarterback. I have no faith in him. 
2013 was Mirage. Uh, he's not the same quarterback. He's, he's more the quarterback like in St. Louis. Um, and in 2014. Now, I would say I was a little bit off. I, th- I think I was a little bit wrong on my Nick Foles assessment. So, um, the only way that I can save, the only way that I can truly save the Eagle season is denouncing Nick Foles once again. I am a mush. I'm a mush. Everything I say ends up being wrong. It's unbelievable. It's frustrating. And me and Mike Francesca have this in common. We're both mushes. Now, are we both supremely talented? Yes. I mean, me and Mike Francesca, me and Mike Francesca, some would say two of the most talented people in radio. But with said talent, there's also, uh, there's also a lot of times you're wrong. And I am often wrong. But I'm passionate about it. So the only way I can truly save the season, once again, is to rip Nick Falls. And so you're going to hear a, a, a long-winded rant here uh, about Nick Foles and how much he sucks. And I just want you to understand that I want you to understand I'm doing this for the Eagles. I'm doing this for the trust tree. And I'm doing this for Eagles fans everywhere. You should be thanking me for my service rather than saying I don't know what I'm talking about. Just think of it that way. So let's get into it. I gotta make it sound like legit though, so the, so people believe it. Nick Foles is fucking horrible. He's a terrible quarterback, and the run he went on last year was completely fraudulent. To think he could ever do that again is utterly preposterous. Because Nick Foles, in and of itself, or in and of himself, is a terrible quarterback. And anyone that thinks he can win the Super Bowl again or go on a run. It's stupid because last year was a fluke. Last year was the, one of the biggest flukes I've ever seen in my entire life. It was the biggest fluke in sports history because Nick Foles is terrible. And I can't believe people are honestly talking themselves into Nick Foles again. And there's people that are calling in saying he's better than Carson Wentz. And, and, and he is, he, they should have never, never brought back Wentz because Foles is the guy. Listen, if you think that, just stop talking about football. So Nick Foles, Nick Foles is, is, a, is a terrible quarterback. It's like, it's like people don't remember the first two weeks of the season. Did Nick Foles not play the first two weeks of the season? When he looked like complete dog shit. Like Nick Foles was was horrible the first two weeks. But no. Because he went on a run last year in the Super Bowl. And was and spoon fed this offense by Doug Peterson, Frank Reagan, and John Filippo. Now he's just going to automatically turn back into that guy. Even though it's a completely different football team. Like now he's going to turn back into that guy. Just, just stop with the Nick Foles thing. Please for the love of God stop with the Nick Foles thing. The guy sucks. Nick Foles is a bad quarterback. I don't know what else you want me to say. I understand what he brought to the city and 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 what he what he means to the city is a fucking statue and the Philly Philly and it was like all legendary. But get over it. Like, come on, he's not going to do it again because he's a bad quarterback. He's a bad quarterback that randomly gets hot. And we saw this year, and he didn't get hot. He came out of the gates playing like a bad quarterback like he always has been he turned back into the pumpkin all right he's back to the pumpkin nick Foles is done he's terrible i don't know what you want me to say i don't know like do you want me to lie to you do you want me to come on here and say i think nick Foles can do this i think he's a really good quarterback because i don't believe that like i i just fundamentally do not believe that um nick Foles is a guy that 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 just randomly gets hot at certain points and listen you saw at the beginning of this year the guy's more focused on being a pastor than he is being a quarterback nick Foles is more interested in selling books 
and, and, and you don't write that sub headline of a book and say and, and and think you can come out and compete again. I don't think Nick Foles wants to compete anymore. I would say that Nick Foles is actually uh, more upset by having to play again. I don't think Nick Foles ever wanted to play again. To be honest with you, I think he'd be I think he'd be way cool just being like, all right, yeah, I'm back up here. I'm gonna collect. They gave me a fucking uh, pay raise for some reason. Sure, I'll sit here and do absolutely nothing. I'll play the first two games of the season. Just let me stay healthy, and I can go home and, and kiss my baby and go to bed. I guess that was literally his quote after he lost in in week two. I get to go home and I get to kiss my kid in the forehead. Sweet winner's attitude, Nick. Awesome. That's going to be our quarterback. That's that's who everyone's talking themselves into. That's who everyone believes can be a franchise quarterback in this league. Get over it. It's it's over. Nick Foles is a bad quarterback, and if you believe in him and you think he can somehow magically turn this thing around, then I, I frankly you don't know football. Woo! Man! I don't know. I think I did a pretty good sell job. I think I did a pretty good sell job. Um, and I think if, if the football gods listen to that portion of the counterpoint podcast, they're going to be like, wow, he really believes this and he's always wrong. So the mush gods, I think I might've tricked the mush gods. Let's, let's see if it works. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if it's going to work. I have a good feeling about it. Um, man, I don't, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but that was a fucking performance. If I say so, if I say so myself, that was performance. Uh, thank me for my service. That's all I can do. And can I say one more thing before I get to the, the, the counterpoint mailbag? I don't want to do the, the roasting of the Rams because it didn't work last week. But I, just, I can't. I, I, since we're playing the Rams, I have to get this off my chest. Jared Goff is, is bad. Jared Goff's a bad quarterback. And this is not my Nick Foles rant. This is legit. Jared Goff, if you look at his rookie year, he's closer to his rookie year than he is the guy that's playing this year. Sean McVay has turned Jared Goff into a he's a puppet. Sean McVay is the puppeteer. He's pulling all the strings. All Jared Goff has Jared Goff doesn't even have to read defenses. Jared Goff has one one drop back, looks, throws it. Like is he accurate with it? Does he throw a pretty ball? Does he make some special throws? Yes. But for the love of Christ, does anyone here understand how football works? Does anyone like, understand football and watch Jared Goff and not understand that he's simply a McVay creation and that if you took away Sean McVay, Jared Goff would be a bad quarterback? Like I, I, the, the fact that no one can see that, it feels like I'm the only one that can see that, is beyond me. Put Jared Goff on any other team and he is a pretty much a dog shit quarterback. He just happens to be coached by Sean McVay. And speaking of Sean McVay, that stupid bullshit last week about him naming, congratulations, you named all the starters in the opposing defense. Anyone can do that. Enough with this, like, I think Sean McVay is tremendous. But, like, enough with this boy wonder shit. Like, him, him remembering random plays um, in his career is more impressive. Show me more of that. Don't show me naming the defense. That's just this L.A.'d up. Bullshit. NFL has to sell everyone on the Rams or the future of the NFL. It's like, dude, they have a dog shit defense. They haven't played well in two weeks, but no one's talking about it because, oh, they're the Rams and they have Todd Gurley. They didn't use Todd Gurley last week in Chicago. They're, 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 they're a warm weather team. If they have to go to any cold weather, they look like dog shit because Jared Goff has small hands and everyone was right about Jared Goff. Like, Jared Goff is a bad quarterback with small hands that can't handle the cold. Now, he may never have to deal with that because he's in Los Angeles. It's always warm. And most Super Bowls are also in warm weather and in domes. So, look, look, he might be fine. He might be fine. Put him on any other team. 
almost any other team. And he's just bad. He's just an average to below average quarterback. That's what Jared Goff is. I I feel like I have to want, be the one to explain it to people, but whatever. Listen, if I'm the Rams, would I trade him at the, with a year left of his contract and get another top 10 pick and try to sell him on another team? You're damn right I would. You're damn right I would. Because if you do that, you can keep your loaded roster with loaded talent and keep a quarterback on a rookie contract while also getting a top 10 pick back. And drafting another quarterback because Sean McVay can do this with any every quarterback in the entire league. He can make Jeff George into a superstar. Like it's Jared, Jared Goff is a puppet, and Sean McVay is the puppeteer. I'm sick and tired of hearing about Jared Goff. I'm sick and tired of hearing anyone say they would rather have Jared Goff than Carson Wentz because you are a very stupid person. I have banned many people from this podcast. I have told people to stop listening to this podcast. If you think Jared Goff is better than Carson Wentz, stop listening to this podcast. I have no interest in you being a part of the trust tree or listening to said podcast. Rant over. All right, let's do it. It's time for the Counterpoint Mailbag, uh, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com if you have any trust tree questions, any questions for me, any jersey questions, uh, really just any important questions revolving the Eagles. We will always discuss on this podcast so from Derek Mitchell Jack love the show listen to it every week all the way from Iowa the home of John Barchard yes from the University of Iowa um first of all let's first of all let's talk about those refs last night holy shit that was ugly the Goddard PI call was shit anyway I want to talk about the moment I knew I was was a, a diseased fan back 13 years ago when I was a 10 year old I was obsessed with the color green Don McNabb and Terrell Owens. When T.O. pulled the crazy dramatic bullshit and eventually signed the Cowboys, I think that was the fir- some of the first heartbreak I felt, and ever since then, it's been all Eagles and fuck the Cowboys. Keep up the great show. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Your your first moment of heartbreak and hatred was was T.O. leaving? I, I don't blame you. My ESPN login is still T.O. sucks for life with an S-U-X and four, the, the number four, rather than spelling it out. Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna make fun of me, I just want to let you know, I was in fifth grade. So you're picking on a fifth grader that was in his feelings about To leaving. That just that that says more about you than it says about me. If we're being frank, um, from Tom Desaro. Hey Jack, I don't even want to think about the atrocity that happened on Sunday. In general, though, it seems like Carson historically has been better has better on field chemistry with players who he does charitable work with on and off the field or off the field with Ertz, Matthews, etc. Can we start a petition or a GoFundMe to send Alshon and Tate slash Aguilar with Carson on all his offseason charitable works? Same with the Eagles drafting new wide receiver. That's a great point, Tom. That's a fantastic point. Um, it, Carson loves Zach Ertz. He zeroes in on Zach Ertz. It's probably to his detriment. Um, unfortunately, we won't have to see Carson Wentz for the rest of the year, which is sad, but I do agree with you. And is in it. If he goes on these mission trips, in his first mission trip, he went with Jordan Matthews, he ran into his wife. Now he's Zach Ertz. Him and him, him and Carson run the town in charity. So um, I agree with you. I mean, he Jordan Matthews is back on his team for some reason, and that's probably because of the charity of Carson Wentz. So Alshon, you are too important. Um, you, we need you going forward. We paid you like a wide receiver one. You guys start acting like a wide receiver one. Um, go do some charity work with Carson. I think it's, I think it's a good plan. Dallas Goddard, go do some charity work so you can you you and and Zach Ertz can turn into the next Gronk and Hernandez. But even better because you're more like Travis Kelsey. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. Go do some charity work. It's time to start building this bond, baby. From Greg Hilker. Hello, Jack. Fellow diseased Eagles fan. Here, as you and I both know, each season's good luck charms can change. Last year it was fairly obvious that midnight cream was the jersey color of the birds 
have played best in. However, this year, the birds are only four and six in green jerseys and one and one in all blacks. Therefore, the birds are undefeated in white, even though we only wore white jerseys once this year. Could the reason for the bird struggles be due to the fact that white is the color of victory this year? What are your thoughts? Also, what would be the official counterpoint stance on Eagles wearing white or green jerseys with black pants? Um, whew. I don't think white and black would look good. It's not really any Eagles colors, like any real Eagles colors. The the, the green and black I've always kind of liked a little bit, but I've liked it more black jersey, green pants, I think. Um, the all-white actually looks kind of fresh. Like Carson looks pretty fresh in all-white. Um, and he always like, seems to rock white cleats. It's just, it's a good look. It's a good look. And, and Carolina last year, Jaguars this year, um, maybe break it out against the, against the, uh, against the ramp. See if it works. Maybe Greg's on to something. Um, hijack. A couple weeks ago, I was asked by some coworkers who are some popular players on the Eagles are not thinking anything of it. I said, Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. Come to find out, they got me a Carson Wentz jersey for my five-year work anniversary. I was a little wary about wearing it during the Redskins game, but they won. After the Dallas game, however, I may have sacked the jersey. This is, this claim is further enforced now that Carson has broken back and might not play the rest of the season. My question is, did me getting this jersey doom Carson and the Eagles season? Huge fan of the podcast. Keep up the good work. Colin S. Um, listen, it was a good gesture by your coworkers. I, I, I don't appreciate that they did not reach out to me directly and, and say, hey, Jack, uh, we're thinking about getting a jersey uh, for our, our nice coworker, Colin. Um, I want to, we should, can we consult with you on a, on a good jersey to get? And if they came to me with the Carson Wentz jersey, I would have said, uh, you're bad coworkers and you don't know anything about said coworker because everyone has a Carson Wentz jersey. And now Carson Wentz hurt and it's directly the fault of your, of your coworkers. If you have, if, if you are a coworker out there, if you work in a in a business place, if you if you if you do that kind of business, if you're in that line of work where you have coworkers and you buy them presents, like that sounds like a pretty tight new tight knit like work atmosphere where you're buying each other presents. That's a lot. Um, if if you are a gift giver and you just all you have to do, and I I, I try to make this as simple as possible, all you have to do is reach out to Counterpoint Mailbag at gmail.com. I will I will steer you in the right direction. Have you not have people not learned that this is what I do? My only job is to be in the trust tree at all times, at the root of the trust tree, and 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 point you in the right direction. Have I ever led you astray? No, I've never led you astray. Am I having a tough season? Yes, I'm having a tough season. Because this podcast thrives on the cockiness. And the Eagles aren't bringing me in. Anyway, let's go to Twitter. Um from Bob Wassel. What type of tree is the trust tree? It is a Douglas fir. It is definitely a Douglas fir. A fir is my favorite kind of Christmas tree, but it's also just when I close my eyes and think of the trust tree, it's that kind of tree. Or maybe a pine tree. Nah, we'll go with the Douglas fir. Although Douglas fir, its branches aren't that strong, so maybe a pine tree is better. We're a pine tree. We're a pine tree. One of those ones that go up like a like a triangle. That's the kind of tree the trust tree is. Michael Capignaro. Uh, I didn't think it was possible, but Mike Rowe might be off the hook as the biggest enemy of Counterpoint, and it has to be the medical staff now. Yeah, Mike Rowe, you are off the hook. It's unbelievable. I didn't think this was possible, but the Eagles medical staff has overtaken you as the absolute worst on this podcast. From Nicholas West, should Foles have his jersey retired? No, the fuck he shouldn't um, because he's a shitty quarterback that got him to run. What do you want me to say? And... 
from Mikey Goodtimes, how can anyone defend the process when the Sixers missed on Noel, Okafor, Fultz, and pick the guy who can't shoot? Face it, the entire organization has no clue what they're doing. Mike, it's a very stupid tweet. Um, obviously, they have an idea what they're doing. Like, Do you honestly watch the Sixers and watch it under Hanky and be like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing? Of course he knew what he was doing. Uh, is Hanky gone now? Yes. Did the process work? Of course it did. They're, they're actually sort of competing for championships for the first time since 1983. What, what did you really like for all the anti-process people did you really enjoy Sixers basketball before Hanky took over no the fuck you didn't you didn't like Sixers basketball at all Hanky was the only reason he brought you back in and now you have Joel Embiid Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler do they need more yes but that's a good ass foundation will they ever win a championship I don't know it's basketball is probably the hardest winning championship in but was it completely worth it to actually have an actual chance and actual superstars of course it was like, is this really that hard? I just can't believe people are this stupid. But, you know, there's dumb people in this world that are also freaking out that the Phillies aren't going to get anyone or, like, that they haven't gotten anyone yet shows that the rest of the offseason is completely over. Like, I just, I'm, I'm up to my uh, up to my bridges, if that's a term. I don't know if it's a term or not. But that is going to do it for the Counterplay Podcast. Hopefully the Eagles beat the Rams this week so we can kind of have, actually, Maybe they not no they hopefully they don't win so we don't have to hear more false stuff. But whatever. Hopefully they win. If you understand the false thing, you will understand that it's just trust tree RJ reverse jinx stuff. Talk to you next week. 